Hello and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we're ready to fly right out of here as we discuss the greatest <laughs> television show of all time, The Golden Girls. <laughs> I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 82nd and 83rd episodes in the series, Sophia's Wedding, Parts 1 and 2. Parts 1 and 2, obviously. <laughs> I think, you know, you... <laughs> that you delivery and I... was good, right? <laughs> yeah, it was, oh, it was magnificent. It was magnificent. Um, you've mentioned this before, but like, I also thought watching the first part that there's no reason that there's a cliff like there's no cliffhanger so it's like we we have these parts one and two episodes uh, you know for throughout the series but there's often something big you know that like makes the studio audiences come back and this one is just like no we're just gonna keep doing the episode but it's an hour (laughs) doesn't make any sense it's like the other ones it's like oh sophia might have burned out a nursing home right like, the they're gonna sell the house yeah yeah what is someone's <laughs> offer totally. this is literally like they just got they just get married also the title of this episode like i'm sure it was in the you know the network trailers and stuff but if you're watching this the week prior you're like oh my god sophia's getting married like she's not even dating anyone what's going on and then it's i know two parts and there's no reason for it there's no like yeah there's no cliffhanger they it's hilarious leave the house i guess <laughs> so in in jim colucci's book uh Mort Mort nathan the writer basically said like networks were like in the 80s especially like just always wanted wedding episodes yeah, that <laughs> so that's out. kind of part of the you know the contrivance here which i think is so funny but but this one always like for me it feels like it comes sooner in the series than i think it should in my mind mm. like we're actually like we we are strangely over the midpoint hump like we actually passed yeah. that which is so bizarre but it doesn't feel like it um and for me this episode feels like it should be like the middle or like it ushers in like the second era of the golden girls for some reason i can't explain why it's just it just feels like it should be later even though we're already over the midpoint hump <laughs> Yeah. If you were going to pick, like, two halves. I t- it's like a second wave. So I was actually trying yeah. to think about my favorite, like, my favorite um, season of the Golden Girls, which yeah. I think is actually season five. Um, but I love this. I do think this is, we've talked about this. Like, I think season three through five, I would make the case, are the peak years. Because in six and seven, it gets a little too 90s. It's funny. I still love yeah. them. And, and, you know, the beginning is just, like, it's early 80s it's still kind of finding its footing there's great episodes in in all of it of course but like of course I do think this is like peak timing peak chemistry all of it and so it's a good representation it's not my favorite episode by any stretch but I think what you're saying is is totally true it's like it really represents a time at least like an era of the series and I I agree it's like an anchor yeah definitely definitely I think and it's just god it is jam-packed with not only a pretty rollicking, awesome plot of like these, this like, you know, you have that similar type of, you have the the vendetta-esque, you know, fight. And then <laughs> you have travel outside to Brooklyn, you know, then you've got, you know, this rekindlance and then a bed affair reminiscent of Michael and Bridget. And yeah. Then, you know, and then Dorothy takes up smoking. They open a pizza and Kanish stand. Like, there's just, and there's a million, you know, there's Elvises. There's Elvises. so many amazing pieces to this one. So, I, I, yeah, it just, it feels like a special event. And clearly, yeah. again, it was in the 80s it was. when it was aired. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just, I just love it. So, should we, should we dive right in? Yeah, I want to start with the Elvis Presley fan club letter because, oh, <laughs> my God, right away when it's like, 
Um, you know, Rose is the one to reply to start the chapter of the Hong Kong Burn and Love Fan Club in her neighborhood and or trailer park. And like, <laughs> it's just so good. And it's so good because initially, like, so first, just that by itself. And then when she's like, this is the happiest, most fulfilling day of my life. Totally. And so Which makes you the right most back. pathetic. <laughs> so good. No stopping. I the know. timing is just incredible. It's so yep. quick. What do you think about Rose loving Elvis, though? Because it feels kind of bizarre to me. I don't know. I feel like it makes sense. You know, who represents American Americanism That's in the 1950s true. better? Like, I, I feel like she was maybe... Yeah, like, than like a, a white man it? stealing yeah. black people's music. It's like more American so American. That? <laughs> Truly, though. Also, like, Blanche's whole... Like, the light was bad in the bayou. You never know. It's true. True. so amazing it's so and also just that blanche is like i would love to be president with no you know just like it's such a bland thing to do and rose yes. just gets right walked over when Blanche is like i slept with him like it's just totally it's so good and it does make sense that the two of them would be super fans and dorothy like seems to be aware of him and like him enough but not you know d- doesn't care as much yeah because um, well, she's a beatles fan so right you know. of course yeah two Which different entirely two different eras but okay guys yeah right exactly <laughs> Elvis was almost he was maybe in Vegas maybe in the army at that time I don't know he was when the Beatles started but. I know exactly <laughs> so my in this whole two-parter chock full of incredible lines I will say that I think my favorite one was you know what happened mm, I... she was fighting an oil rig fire in the Gulf of Mexico she was she 88, was 88. <laughs> well it's great that she was able to work right up until the end <laughs> And then later, because you know me, I love a callback. You know, I'm not going, and you know why. Yes, the body was lost at sea. Oh my God, that's so. <laughs> I, I legit good. cry every time. And also, like, <laughs> I was watching this for my notes with my headphones on, and I just must have cackled so loudly that my husband was like, gave me the look, like, well, now you have to tell me, like, what's so funny? Because it's amazing. <laughs> just like i just i'm so in love with that whole dialogue the whole snappiness particularly the snappiness of grief you know like in Mm. that moment is such a perfect way for sophia to like show her emotion just rose being a dope every everything about it it's just a beautiful package of like golden girls comedy yeah it's so good and the thing is like i always think of that oil rig fire she was 88 as like one of my favorite lines ever yeah then you know there's the great she was able to work up until the end which is so funny but i agree i think that i guess the body was lost at sea (laughs) it's just like the crowning jewel of that whole exchange it said so wistfully yeah it's like she's looking off into the distance you know totally and that's the part that's the part i forget more yeah, you know because i remember do. everything else but like god just a brilliant brilliant bit of writing it's i love so it so good and you know i love i love also sophia being like and you know who like and then you know when she gets her heel caught yeah so she's like, like she's like they already know my <laughs> god dang it it's so good <laughs> Oh, man. So also, uh, let's talk about the establishing shot of that standalone Brooklyn house with a, a parlor room that is bigger than both of our apartments combined. <laughs> it's crazy, I know. <laughs> well, I guess if you, you know, if you're in Canarsie and you, you've been there for a long time, I don't know. Yeah, you've been there since before they built Abbott's Field. So, <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> oh, you've had cataracts since 1967. <laughs> haven't changed a bit gorgeous golden blonde hair oh my god so good 
Uh, but also, like, so this this whole scene is great because, and I love the actor who plays Max. I think he he does so it perfectly. You oh, and in that, God. he is this like gracious host, and he's such a warm man. And he also has this like, bah, what's the point? You know, to you and like the way he delivers the line of like, should I even tell you that it wasn't even my fault? And like all of this stuff, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I just love how that unfolds and how Sophia feels bad and how Dorothy pushes her, you know, like, he's like, ma, we never went hun- hungry. Some nights I felt like dessert. <laughs> so good. Oh my God. Yeah. It's incredible. <laughs> but like the flashback is really fascinating too. Um, Especially because Sal delivers the news, the like literal business and potential marriage and friendship ending news so bluntly. Yeah, at the friend's house. You don't want to wait till you get home. Like, I it's mean, a private truly. discussion. Truly. Um, yeah, you know, I know that like we, we've discussed this before um, on here and it comes up on the internet a lot of like, you know, how do people feel about Sal? And like, I don't know that I have a strong feeling about him either way, but this makes him seem like a real a-hole because first of all, also like he has such a bad gambling problem, which we know. And it's also interesting that Dorothy, you know, gets inherits that damn gambling disease. Um, But it, and it makes sense. And it also makes sense that Max would kind of take the fall and keep it from them if it had been a recurring problem. Um, But it's just like, and I don't expect them to get into all this, but it a little bit reminds me of how um, when David shows up, George's illegitimate son, and Blanche has this whole, like, reckoning of, like, I'll never get to have this discussion with him, and, like, I have to forgive him for something after he's dead, and, you know, like, that's a really complicated thing, and I feel like Sophia must slash should have some of that, because... I mean, I'm assuming they he completely broke up their friendship. And it seems like she may have kept in touch with Esther, but I'm sure that was contentious if their families couldn't be friends anymore. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's such a good point about the forgiving after he's dead. And unfortunately, because of the romance story and because of how much comedy is packed into this two-part episode, we don't even have a chance to have that reckoning. But yeah, there absolutely has to be some of that going on. And it's like... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a big it's a big old feud, you know, and it's just kind of funny too because it's like obviously we've seen Sophia have multi year, decades long feuds, exactly right, and then just like turn on a dime. But the whole the piece of this that she was blaming the wrong person as opposed to a misunderstanding about like who made out with who or who was drunk under a table at a Christmas party or <laughs> any of that is is a little different so yeah and he doesn't even seem that apologetic in the flashback scene he's like uh, you know he's like that's what he I mean kind though of feels bad, but he doesn't seem to like own it that much which is yeah so that's what I'm saying he's very uh, blunt he's just yeah. like I lost him so yeah that that's it we're out of business <laughs> <What the> fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> he's like my my wife's gonna kill me okay you know it, yeah. it's yeah everything about it and clearly it's like all right so was esther mad at max what kind of relationship did they have did he tell her the truth and she never told sophia there's a lot right. there's a lot of big right. questions here yeah <laughs> and um the, like coming back to like modern normal or present time i guess when um dorothy's like wasn't it ma wasn't it ma and sophia just like you know kind of like mm-hmm, like kind of like it's like totally. acknowledging it with a look it's so it's so well done it's like it's such a funny physical movement that she has um and it's just so old stubborn lady you know like yes, I'm willing exactly. to apologize. <laughs> totally um should we talk about the first meeting of the Hug Hug Burn and LaFay Club? Yeah, the pork chop. <laughs> oh my god. All of the um the Elvis meeting attendees are 
they're just so hilarious and they're over the top reactions to everything. I just love it because it's like, again, you know, we talk about a lot of like extras, particularly non-speaking extras, and they have a real tough time of like making, you know, emotions and expressions on their face without words, without looking over the top. But like the point of this meeting is to be over the top. So I think these ladies (laughs) do such a great job, like fawning over the pork chop. It's a partially in pork chop. <laughs> he would never leave this much meat. <laughs> Dorothy out of the club. <laughs> Meeting is adjourned. <laughs> also, there's no like social hour. Like they just come to have like hard business at this at this Elvis meeting. Meeting's adjourned. Everybody just leaves. I, I mean, like, look at what is there to do? <laughs> but but I mean, like, exactly. There's nothing to do but socialize. Maybe play a few records. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Just a thought, guys. Like, if you want me to help run your meetings, let me know. Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> also, Blanche is wearing the earrings again. Yeah, they keep coming up. They're so great. Um, the I've just been thrown out of an unauthorized Elvis fan club. I'll try to pick up the pieces and go on with my life is... It, it would be a consideration for me of like a line to just present the show as like a whole you know like what does the show do well and it's like there must be a support group for people like me it's like a totally. three line delivery that is just it, I can't even I don't know B. Arthur just like carries every single thing she's yeah, in she's having like, a monologue you yes. know <laughs> it's so great but then not even ended because then Blanche goes, which I also love. Maybe you ought to join an organization that is a little less <laughs> fanatical in its devotion. Like what, Blanche? The PLO? And like, <laughs> oh my God, at this time in the world. And like, right? every holy shit, so good. And she just spouts it out so hard. And then Rose hits you, you know, where she goes, you know what I hate doing most after a big party? <laughs> Trying to find your underwear in the big pile? I mean, <laughs> God damn, man. Yeah. It's like, like last episode where she's like she's also a cheap slut it's that like chipper rose delivery but still like a biting remark about blanche being you know loose yeah (laughs) very much so it's so and it's like it's so good because she does it like she really hears the call and responds in the right tone like as though you were really trying to answer somebody's rhetorical question of like you know what i hate doing after a party it's like (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing um but also, like, it, uh, the writing, I think, in this one is really good with the whole Dorothy where she screams ma, and you really think something horrible has happened. Like, yeah, it's not she's sad. Yeah, she's it's, not, it's very different from, you know, Michael and Bridget. It's also way funnier when you finally realize what's happening. And, like, Afterglow is one of the best, like, just perfectly delivered lines. <laughs> so unembarrassed it's so unembarrassed just like yeah this is what's up you know it's it's a such a different scene from uh you know first season (laughs) yeah but the michael and bridget thing is such an easy parallel because it it i mean you can't not think of it like it's so reminiscent of that same scene um and then we're all just standing around watching (laughs) (laughs) good lord (laughs) all right so the line where Oh my god, I blush. I'm blushing asked, right now. I know, you know exactly what I'm saying. When did you get in? Like, oh my, my god. My drops. I, I, I still am just like, oh my god, wow. Like, you know, because sometimes I feel like it's more, it, it, when it's subtle, it's more risque and it, it's like more like, wow, how did that pass by censors? But I guess that is how, right? Like on the page, it doesn't, it doesn't read as like 
absolutely cow (laughs) absolutely exactly so jamie wooten the writer said that that line is one of his top three jokes in the golden girls ever (laughs) which i agree i mean like that's it's epic and the way that max handles it like oh miami (laughs) oh you mean to town (laughs) it's unbelievable so i have a funny story that's very relevant to this so back in the day um you know i lived with two roommates and uh one of them had a friend who came to visit and he was an extremely attractive man and we hit it off uh very well (laughs) and spent some time uh together we slept together several times over the weekend that he was there and my (laughs) the other friend the other roommate who who like classically would have these like there was a really big streak in her life where she would deliver something not like a rose but like say something that could be taken in a perverted way and like she never meant it that way but i guess everybody else was more perverted than her but she had a she asked about this guy leaving town and she said how did he get off oh to, my god my friend and first of all at that time i had never heard that way of phrasing you know like how how did his flight get out i like i we all knew what she meant but it was just like the funniest fucking thing and i just remember crying laughing so i was like (laughs) i can't even begin to respond that's very similar extremely similar it's just incredible and every single time just i just remember her like just saying that line, all of us dying, her finally like realizing and be like, no, I didn't mean it that way. Oh, God damn. You know, it was just yeah. it was incredible. But yeah, but like, again, Max handles it so well. There's just ever so slightly the pause that really yeah. gives you like what it's supposed to mean. And uh, it's just incredible. It's kind of Rose-esque. Like his response is kind yes. of like, you know, like it takes him a second to process what she's asking because he's like a little taken aback, and then he's like, "Oh, yes. <laughs> totally!" Oh my god! But yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's I I would say it's even more it's even more vulgar of a of a reference than getting off. How did you get in? It's, it's, it's god very damn. vulgar. <laughs> it's amazing. Oh, but also like so my. <laughs> Dorothy faints, right? What does it feel like after you faint? Like this, Rose. <laughs> Betty White's face, absolutely epic. Like there, when you talked about Dorothy having her sort of monologue, <laughs> and like, you know, like to having those three lines, one after another, picking up the pieces of her life, like that is this like expert class, you know, condensed class in like having that kind of monologue delivery. But like Betty White's face after Dorothy slaps her, which reads so many emotions including like i guess i deserve that right (laughs) is like such a master class in in those four seconds or whatever in just that the physical and and just the way you can actually just tell so much with just your facial expressions yeah yeah it's so good and this scene is so like so dorothy gets like so mad initially before she passes out right and it's like right why are you mad dude like i mean i guess like I will say, Max Weinstock, he's Jewish. If his wife died, like, I don't know, what are we saying, three or four days ago? Like, he should still be sitting Shiva, technically. So I don't know who's, like, hosting in his house, but it seems very quick. I thought we established that it was, what did they say, 18 months? (laughs) Yes, exactly. We just talked about this, Damon. Definitely not three days. (laughs) 
but yeah that's the whole thing it's like i i have in my notes like why is dorothy so upset and i was like well we mean we I, we find out about it but like the the thing i object to morally is like literally esther just died like yeah. two days ago <laughs> and it's like you know there is so much in this episode but not even just you know this first part but obviously the secondary part most where they actually look at their relationship like very mature adults like it's pretty amazing the way that they analyze things but i think that this episode is also showing and has this undercurrent of like what max says later which is like hey if it turns out to be a mistake we'll be dead already before Mm -hmm. we realize (laughs) and like there is something to this sort of end of life like sexuality but also romance and partnership like i do feel that it's it's a little different if like you were all a gaggle of friends in your 20s and then you know you were couple friends and then your spouses died and then in your 30s the other two married each other it's a little different from like we were friends back in the day and now the two of us find each other later in life and like it's that the kinship that connects them and then yes they also are like how about we doink on the side like i totally understand that i totally understand like that like that's why i love the plot of this entire thing i think it's just like you're just following your feelings and you're seeing where it goes and again it's it's like higher slash lower stakes at this stage in your life which i think is really interesting to explore and all of that is to say (laughs) it's like the only thing is sort of like i don't even like 18 months for 80 year olds that's probably a stretch but like (laughs) finish the shiva (laughs) to your point whatever sure and yeah i totally agree i think that line about um we're getting married uh we'll probably be dead before we realize it is like you know i think that whole messaging is is right like i I also like i don't have an issue with them getting married i also think like it's a it feels a little manufactured that dorothy would have this like huge issue with sophia marrying someone else so late so much after sal's dead and like you know all of these things so i I, like whatever but i think it's like yeah i think it's fine and i feel like it's even nice their arrangement that they end up deciding at the end which is just basically to be like long distance like sex partners (laughs) like i think that's also great like what's the what is you know at some point like i feel like it's sometimes it's like um you know you hear about like somebody who's like 95 and like diabetic and so it's like okay just let them have the Reese cup like honestly at this point like who totally are, like what their diabetes is not going to be reversed like they're not all of a sudden like <laughs> let them have the Reese's you know it's like <laughs> truly though truly and i think the only thing like dorothy's objections which she you know she's she sort of articulates where she's just like you hated this man forever until like right. two seconds ago like that from an anger point of view of like your mother driving you crazy and also kind of being like i don't believe you you know Mm -hmm. which she does have like i just i think the lines aren't quite as articulate as i'd want them to be to like show that particular point of view but you know i mean it, it still works it's not it's not to the point where like we were talking about last episode where it's like, I wanted Dorothy to be a little more pissed about paralyzed right. Sophia's insurance <laughs> fraud. You know? But yeah, it's like, I mean, ugh. it's great. And it's like, it's so funny because this episode is not of the, neither of these episodes, parts one or two are extremely like Dorothy happiness episodes, which to me 
like those are I love those because I love Dorothy and I yeah. want her to be happy and like she has a she has a pretty tough go in both both <laughs> different really halves does. here yeah. you know um but like again it just delivers amazing lines where it's like you know again going back to Elvis like how the hell should I know why the hell should I care you threw me out of your comedy club <laughs> so funny <laughs> oh my gosh yeah yeah and it's like it's understandable it's understandable that she would have some objections I do wonder about so she's just gonna like stay at home and like lock herself in her room while the wedding is going on in the living room I have some questions about why she wouldn't make an effort to leave the house truly Um, truly go to a baseball game with Stan exactly there's so many places to go um I want to talk about also when they're talking in the kitchen and Rose is talking about how all of her sisters got married at 15 Oh my god! Which so completely checks out as like uh-huh. the you know the all like that middle America farm nineteen fifties thing and like you know her being the rebel, the rebel <laughs> the funny exchange Dorothy oh day. <laughs> so the Dorothy and Blanche's reactions are oh very realistic to the pig Latin gag, you know, and I, I think to me, and I I've said this before to some effect of like the Saint Olaf stories are actually for me like not I, I wouldn't say the weakest part but like in terms of what people celebrate about the show from like a more general broad fan sense where people celebrate the St. Olaf stories because they're so goofy and based in non-reality for me that's not that's not the sticking point of why I love this show so that is like one of the things that I could do without I guess in, in terms of like a lot of the tropes um, however I think the reason that they do just work for me writ large in the character and then I don't ever tire of them or like, you know, don't ever say like, oh, I wish they didn't have it because I always, I'm, I'm totally fine with them being in the show is because the reactions to the stories are perfect and realistic. Like Rose gets weirder and weirder <laughs> and goofier and goofier and the, the stories get so fucking bizarre um, more and more as like the series goes on. Like, you know, the writers just have fun with it, right? But like, Blanche and, and Dorothy and Sophia, when they're listening to her, they're always grounded in reality. And it never it never tips to the point where, like, they're sort of playing along, I guess, with, like, how weird this place is. Like, there's still, there's still a disbelief that Rose is ever telling the truth because this is actually supposed to be a real place. And it's not just, like, Tundra the Magical Tiger story. <laughs> and, you know, it's not like a fairy tale. It's actually supposed to be her, like, self-reported first-person experience. Right. Yeah. But they always are disbelieving her. So for me, it never turns into this like, oh, then they turn. I'm trying to think of a good analogy in other television shows, but I feel like sometimes it's like, you know, a series would start in reality and then it got more like fantastical as things go on because they're just like playing into what changed. And I'm sure I'll come up with a great, you know, a great example immediately following this episode. But, um, (laughs) But you know what I mean? It, like, like the just, yeah, totally. it always stays true to who these characters are supposed to be, and, yeah. and who they, meaning Dorothy and Blanche, and this this encapsulation of the way that their facial expressions and, and verbal response responses are to you know the pig Latin thing because it's so stupid and not it's... real is is epic, and that's just like the perfect example of why they work for me, like in in this series. Yeah, I think that makes total sense. My next note after this is Rue McClanahan's eyes close. She, like, closes her eyes and, like, yeah. exhaustion and, like, you know, like, almost, like, 
pain. And it is, it's so relatable because it's also like, you know, it just, it also speaks, I think, to their closeness of like, oh my God, here we go again. And it's like, yeah, you know, they can just react to it. And that is, that's what makes it funny. And I think that's also what makes it like, not tired or, or you know, like it, 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 the single stories can keep coming up, even if you don't like love them themselves, or you don't like find them to be a strong comedic device. It's, that the other two and Sophia too sometimes can play off of it so yeah. well and Betty White is just so good at staying in character throughout the like you know colorful people of Petticoat Junction that she doesn't need to like yes, exactly. it's, it really works it's perfect it's awesome but yeah I, I you know I <laughs> that whole uh the whole scene I forget the actual connection point but right after that where Sophia goes the last time I was a virgin oh because she brings in the wedding dress that's right yeah she brings in the white wedding dress she goes the last time I was a virgin the Louisiana purchase was an escrow <laughs> so there's a whole bunch of good stuff there because then there's also like um Sophia's like doesn't matter no one's gonna see this unless I get you know who's blessing or something and Rose yeah. is like the, there's no pause between Rose asking who and then Sophia go Dick Clark it's yeah. just it's so good she has that like that accent you know and it's just like Dick Clark yeah the, and the, it's the camera zoomed on her face too yes Dorothy you idiot your mother's it's just so funny and it's just like the timing is just unbelievable and they're so good at adjusting their delivery and their timing to the dialogue that's written. Um, and that I think like, you know, the words are great. The writing is great, but to be able to know that you shouldn't pause between who and Dick Clark and then, you know, for Betty White to pick up like Dorothy, your mother's talking to you. And in the, the exact right second is just like, <laughs> Ugh, it's gold. <laughs> it's so gold. You're not the only one with Aunt Regina's phone number. Damn MCI. <laughs> Like, yeah, everything in there is just, it, it really is like, yeah, the, the comedic timing. And especially when you think about how, and we'll get into this in a minute, talking about the caterer, when you think mm. about how much <laughs> um, these shows are rewritten over the yeah. course of many rehearsals and how it plays with audiences and what gets a laugh and what doesn't. And like, you know, like dialogue changes. And to your point, like you, it, it's so different on the page than it is when you actually have to deliver it in person. It's just like, they just they do such a great damn job. They really do. They really do. <laughs> um, I obviously love the caterer. He like, so such a big part of this episode for me. <laughs> yes. No, it is. And so, so it's so fascinating. Like it, he's, uh, he's so amazing. And it's, it's so interesting because he is, a gay cliche oh my god in a lot of ways <laughs> right but so the guy's name is ray burke um and i read this in jim colucci's bible that you know again there were a lot of rewrites like i was just talking about and they actually had like over the course of said rewrites had pared his lines down and reduced a lot more of his lines to those stereotypes like he said he initially had a line where he was like talking about old film stars and like very knowledgeable about them etc but he also then spoke up. Can we make this character a little bit more well-rounded like he was <laughs> instead of just being, you know, a gay stereotype? Like, I don't, I don't think that that serves this community very well. And, like, to their credit, like, the writers really restored a lot more of his lines. And that's why, yes, he's, he's a flaming cliche <laughs> ready to fly right out of here. But there's just he's got such a personality. And, again, we've mentioned him before, even in talking about from other episodes, like, 
those really strong minor characters that you're just like, oh my god, you need your own episode. Yeah. <laughs> like you just yeah. need to be on camera more, you know? Yeah, because in addition, obviously he is like, you know, he's a very gay cliche, but he also like is the over the top um cater in this sense but you know like the organizer he's like he's like yeah. you gotta move and i think that that just having that as a, an additional quality um and he's like kind of like abrasive you know when he's like now look here stretch it's, <laughs> it's just, so great it's so good and like you know they come back at him with um you know like they obviously go after his sexuality and the way he presents his gender and his sexuality is like the thing that they ding him for yes. but he the excuse me for living anita bryant line is so good because it comes back at them for their own sort of like absolutely you know prejudice and to say something smart i'll slap you silly too yeah. like the same thing <laughs> of just like i have been around this block you are not gonna throw some tired ass you're gay cliche in my face to cut me down like whatever do better you know yeah, like... i'm catering home weddings in miami like <laughs> what do you yeah. think I, I, have, <laughs> I have an assistant damn it like i'm doing well so <laughs> anyway also, when Blanche delivers the fly right out of here line, yes. I cannot decide whether it's just Rue delivering it the way that Blanche would, which is with a slight kind of like crack of the, the corner of her mouth, or if it's the first and only time I ever see Rue McClanahan almost crack. Great. Yeah, I was wondering that too. I was thinking that like, I don't know. And I... I feel like that line and probably because of the, you know, like the way that we know how Rue McClanahan felt yeah. about the gay community and was whatever, like it kind of seems like something you would say, like, it, I feel like it's a joke that like I would make to a gay guy, you know, like, yeah, like yeah. you know, where like I can say that, like where, you know, like, and I, it, it comes off, it just is, it, it comes off so well. It doesn't come off as hateful at all. And not that that comment is, is no. rooted in that type of thing. It's just like, it's kind of like we're in on the joke a little bit, you yes. know? And so I, yes, I, yes, I think yes. it's just like, it's so, it, I really love it. And that was actually mentioned also in Jim Colucci's book about how that line was like from the beginning, it was one of the original lines. And every single test, it got a huge laugh. So that one stayed the whole time. Like they the never, they never incredible. even rewrote it. Yeah, I no, know. You don't need so to. Good. But you know what I mean about how she like her lip kind of Yeah, curls. I totally know what you mean. Yeah. And it's, ugh, I mean, it's part of why the line is even that funny is like the way she delivers it, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, so great. I kind of like it if she's, if she's breaking a little bit. That I know. Because like, like, yeah. Also because like, again, the actor, you know, Ray Berg is so good. Like, you know, it's like you've been rehearsing with this guy who's just doing such an amazing flamboyant job. And it's just everything about it. It's wonderful. <laughs> yeah. The Scandinavian wedding blessing also so good. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was hoping you would do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm also soaking wet. Oh, my yeah, God. It's so amazing. Great. So great. Um, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention, of course, that one of the many Elvises is Quentin Tarantino. Yes. Uh, for those of you who did not know this fun fact. Um, <laughs> and I, it's you can't unsee it, too. I feel like when you know it's him, it's right. like so obvious. Exactly. And apparently he never had to try out. He just had to send a headshot, which is so hilarious. Yeah. But they did get paid and he got paid residuals per royalty. And they showed this episode a lot, apparently. Yeah, so he said wow. he got actually like good money. I would say... He might be one of the worst of the Elvis. So bad. You know, he 
keeps doing that same like weird thing with his arms. It's like he's like what snapping, are you doing? but offbeat. Yeah, I agree, like, dude. <laughs> um, when Blanche and Rose are coming out as like bridesmaids, and they they both realize the Elvises, it's really oh, so funny. Great. It's a quick it's a quick shot, but they yeah. both kind of are like, oh my god, yeah. <laughs> perfect. It's so, so great. And so and, and Sophia's eyes all wide, and it's like let's like, just who do cares? It, whatever. Yeah. It's so great. <laughs> Also, that who cares piece, right? Like, so perfect for what we were talking about earlier of, like, this is the end of my life, whatever. I'm not going to be torn up that, like, my other best friend from the center, you know, isn't at this wedding, even though I was supposed to invite her. And that was the whole point, you know, of, like, uh, you know, it's just, just like, let it roll off her back. Like, if it was your first wedding ever, or if you were younger, you'd probably be like, "Uh, I kind of feel weird about all the people I was supposed to have been here at my wedding. My children, but, my grandchildren, who cares? <laughs> exactly, exactly, right? Oh, my God. So uh, more more from Jim Colucci, you know, Barry Fanaro, who's one of the writers, he was saying that B. Arthur was actually really, really tickled by the whole, like, wedding guest list mix-up gag. <laughs> and, like, you know, and he, like, lived for this moment. He's like, I remember her laughing because, you know, B wasn't an easy laugh when you're yeah. doing, like, the run-throughs, uh, the read-throughs, rather, and so I thought that was, like, a really cute moment where she actually just, like, that's a really funny gag, <laughs> like, bringing the two A and B stories together. I thought that, you know, it was very brilliant. It is. It's very Seinfeld. We have, like, I, yes! I think that that, um, you know, like, that kind of closing the loop on everything is yes. it, it, sometimes used here. It's not always used here, but um, I do enjoy when that happens, so that's, totally. that's nice. And, and there's, like, a lot of really cute feelings here. Like, the group hug, when Dorothy kind of gets over yeah. her thing and has the whole, like, you know, thing at the bathroom door, it's very nice. And so it ends on a pretty, like, high note. But it's, but again, like, as we said, there's no, there's not a cliffhanger here. Like, the part two doesn't why why is there a part two <laughs> i know it makes no sense to me but uh speaking of the cliffhanger if we want to have a cliffhanger which is a negative one that they mentioned drumpf oh, Donald Trump, and mel gibson so oh yeah jesus like, christ honey two of these three are real bad <laughs> i know this is not aging well so there's our cliffhanger yeah All right, we'll be right back for part two after these messages <laughs> all right we're back all right we're back we're back Part two of the unnecessarily two-parted Sophia's wedding episode. Yeah. Dorothy is smoking. Yes. I mean, hey, at least that's the unique element, you know, in this one uh, in terms of like the only thing that's not necessarily continuation per se. I love her, her moan that she lets out after she takes a drag around the corner the the sneaking you know like the sneaking and rushing and moving with such intent when you're trying to you know like it reminds me of me being like 16 trying to like get the liquor from the cabinet (laughs) it's like it's got to be a one swift motion (laughs) oh my god so great and then the whole like fire thing and call 911 call 911 (laughs) jesus also dorothy has like very calm panic to like not interrupt their you know phone call to the authorities to get them to come to the house jesus christ but i bet that's how chicago burned down mrs o'leary was a tramp too is an amazing line so good oh my god (laughs) and so like perfect like the whole like cow kicking over the lantern Mm -hmm. or whatever this whole myth is that happened for the chicago fire is like so in line with like rose knowing that intimately because it has to do with a cow 
Yeah, totally. And it's all, it's all like wood construction. I'm sure Minnesota had to evaluate their own architecture yes, after that happened. Exactly. Just a bit of Midwestern history right there. It's incredible. Um, also, like, Dorothy, just go outside. Just have a cigarette outside. It's Miami. It's not cold. It's not... What are you doing? Step that outside. That is a very good point. I never even thought of that. It's <laughs> ridiculous. Um, did you ever watch the Brady Bunch? Were you a Brady Bunch? I wasn't Brady Bunch like fanatic, but I, I did watch several episodes. Do you remember the one where Greg's smoking? <laughs> I just, so. I always think of that because they're like, Greg was smoking. And they're all like, <laughs> they all say it. And that's like how I feel like they're reacting to Dorothy. But it's just so different because Dorothy's not, you know, a 15 year old boy. <laughs> right, right. I smoked a cigarette, you amoeba. It's funny. Don't think they like, don't smoke. What? Yeah. <laughs> she, she quit 15 years ago. It's pretty wild. It's pretty crazy. So we talked about, you know, we already talked about the whole like, is it an overreaction for Dorothy to be, you know, like freaking out so much and having all this stress? I mean, this starting smoking again rings true to me only because now that her mother's married, she's going to move out. It's like one of the actual real threats to move out that happens in mm-hmm. these series. Like they're not supposed to live with them. You know, they, they in fact assumed that they got your own their own place which i i love that like they didn't know nobody knows yeah. <laughs> nobody knows <laughs> that's hilarious but but to me at least i'm like i kind of give her the benefit of the doubt of like okay that is a lot of stress and pressure like maybe maybe that would happen you oh know? yeah totally and you know i i, I love to deal with uh, like deal with problems by using substance, with substance use <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i'm always a, i'm always in favor of that but yeah no i think it totally makes sense and it honestly also makes sense with like Dorothy has clearly an addictive personality. Like, I, yes. we haven't seen the gambling thing, I guess, yet, but, like... Um, well, we at least alluded to where she right. got it from. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, uh, you know, smoking is, compared to gambling, if you're losing all of your money, it's, like, the least of the two, like, the least harmful of the two vices that you have. And it's so accessible, and it's, like, you know, yeah, kind of why, like why wouldn't she especially also like I feel like you get the sense when Sophia slaps her is like she didn't quit for Sophia I'm sure but having her there probably prevented her from ever picking it up again and so like now that she's gone and you know it it just makes sense I feel like also like you know I remember um during the election actually in 2020 I uh, a couple people posted like I haven't smoked a cigarette in five years but I think I'm gonna go buy one you know and it's just like a thing that if you have use that as your stress reliever before it's such an easy thing to pick back up and it's yeah. it requires just the effort of going to the bodega or whatever so like it, it totally makes sense that she would start again absolutely absolutely i think the only thing that doesn't ring true for me is that why didn't she start after the divorce because right. that is less than 15 years ago but you know we'll overlook that and if she yeah. didn't start at the beginning of the episode she certainly would start after max literally climbs into the shower naked with her which is like so horrifying <laughs> yeah oh my god it's so like and they all they all scream which is funny and then he oh the screams like, are amazing <laughs> really funny they're so good especially sophia's that's like the highest pitch you've yeah. ever like heard yeah. scream ever it's so amazing oh my god the blushing groom um, yes and i do love how he like struts out of the shower though you know like yeah. unembarrassed and like yeah. i like that a lot totally i mean he is he's the kind of guy who's like you know Peppo Mint, like yeah. he's just him, and he's he's not going to apologize for it. It's it's really hilarious. What is this coconut? <laughs> <laughs> also, um, 
just back to the smoking, like you smoked Rose. That's like finding out Lassie was an alcoholic. Lassie like, was an so alcoholic. <laughs> great. That explains why she leaned to one side. Um, yeah, it's true. That's a great line. Such a great line. Um, um, so the <laughs> where the, we yeah I guess the, you know so going back to Peppo Mint and they're at the the at the seashore set you know with a, a little bit of a different tweak which I like. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like, you know, that business was Sal's green. Too bad it didn't work out. It's like, yeah, bad timing. And I was like, because he gambled away the receipts on the horse? Like, that, I... that line is really weird. I was like, you guys, it was literally last episode. We found out the real reason. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, you wish the horse race had happened, like, in a few years? <laughs> like, a few years before? Like, yeah, I, yeah bad I, timing. I... Yeah. What's Maybe because that that's when his like gambling addiction was getting out of control. That's like how I interpreted oh. it. That's that's fair. That's giving them more credit than I think, though. I was just like that line just kind of was weak because I was like, we just learned. You showed us what yeah. happened. <laughs> um, it's so like also, of course, they didn't find a new place to live, right? And they come back and they're like, oh, we'll stay with you. And Sophia, it makes sense that Sophia would be sort of. Um, inconsiderate i guess about what an imposition this is for them all to live with there or yeah. like for them to say but like it can't be convenient for them either like you know they everybody's home like i guess the three the three younger girls work but like blanche works what like 12 hours a week at the museum I know, she works for the boat um and it's just like I don't know why it seems like one other person in that house would be too much, but they also all talk about how hard it is to live with a man. And um, I think that that's also probably true in adjustment for all of them. You know, it's been a long time. Yeah. And an old man at that. Right? Yeah. So he's like set in his ways as we've established. It was just oh, last wait, no, week. He was, right. <laughs> he was living with his wife. Ten, ten in days a now. giant house in Brooklyn, you know, by himself. Like, oh, yeah, ten days. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a lot, you know, and I mean, again, also, like, I know they didn't intend this, but, like, to show the crotchety nature of an old man, and specifically, like, an old white man, of, like, the whole scene with the saxophonist, like, you know, a real song? Like, shut the hell up. Stop being so rude, you know? But that's just such a shitty old white man thing to say where you're like what i wasn't saying anything terrible and you're like yeah that was kind of fucking rude (laughs) like (laughs) jesus christ he's not that person is not there just for your pleasure you know like give me a break Um, heidi heidi no no that's music (laughs) now that's music but i mean it's you know i whatever it's a touching moment where they bring it back at the end but i took a lot of issue with that oh my god what an a oh you'd be like that fucking guy like oh yeah terrible for real yeah, because he's like, that's noise. I don't know. Everything about it is just like old man setting his ways. You know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, so anyway, so back, you know, they they are testing the uh, the pizza mm-hmm. at said pizza and dish stand, which like. What is your opinion? Are, is it like a two for one deal, or is it like you can get pizza or knish there, whatever you desire? Like, are you supposed to eat them together? I think it's, like, kind of, like, you know how at Colony Island, I feel like a lot of the places have, like, hot dog or pizza or, like, fried clams or, like, they have, like, a big boardwalk menu. And that's what I was thinking of, like, it blended the two together because it was, like, you know, the two, like, ethnic cuisines. Yes. Um, That's what I was taking from it. Um, And, you know, I'm into that. I could see that being a thing at Coney Island. Even now, I feel like that could go up. Do you want to do that? Should we just do that? (laughs) All right. Sounds great. I'm in. (laughs) 
<laughs> a Picasso with mozzarella, Rembrandt with tomato sauce. Also, I think it's funny because, like, he's talking about pizza and he names, like, two non-Italian artists. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> and garlic. It's a little flat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, that scene, first of all, I love the whole, like, that they get to work in this, like, boardwalk kitchen concession stand. Like, is the background supposed to be the painted ocean or, like, the real ocean? Because if it was, it's the real ocean, it's facing the wrong way. And it, it doesn't, I, I thought it was supposed to be the real ocean, but I was like, wow, they really like, they did not put any money, like budget money into that. It, it looks so bad. Yeah. Um, and I feel like you really have to look at it. Like it's not, it's not that present in, in the scene, but it is like, oh my God. Like, I guess the boardwalk is just like, over the water like, i don't i don't understand it's like they're on like a barrier island but it's like the concession stands at the tip so it's, it's like, like a oceans pier, on yeah. both sides <laughs> yeah, yeah it's like exactly. a peninsula <laughs> it's um and yeah. then also the two of them using their money that they're supposed to use on an apartment or like a house oh uh God. for this is so it reminds me so much of when sophia buys uh the prize fighter when she buys kid pepe you know totally. like when she like it's the same exact thing it's like you know it's like jack and the beanstalk it's like they always come back to these magic fucking beans like exactly exactly Plus my oh my god and to your point about like the rudeness you're just like oh we're gonna stay with you even though literally the scene before we established how horrible this is for the limited time we already agreed to right. <laughs> it's like jesus christ um one more note on the concession stand thing you know i was talking about the the pig latin and all of the like the St. Olaf stories, the whole Caesar complex story with croutons taped to to his eyebrows. I absolutely put that in one of the top five weirdest Rose stories ever. It's so Uncle Gunter. It's so strange. It makes no sense. (laughs) I just was like, this is what I'm talking about. Like, this is like the bizarro thing where they're just like, what the fuck? And then she gets the pot. and He's like, do you want the pot again? Oh my God. It's great. And the resignation that Betty White has where she's just like wearing the pot, holding yeah. it on her shoulder. It does make you want a pizza. I also love a knish, but I feel oh like Oh my god, I, I know. And you um, know what would work for me? Yelling shark to get out of the ocean and oh then my be god. like, oh, I'm hungry actually? That yeah. totally work. Good. They all seem to have their money right on them. So <laughs> they're like yeah, soaking nice, on. They're like, yeah. Like wet, yeah, wet fiber. <laughs> We've all been there. Exactly. Um, I also, like, you know, so Blanche tells uh when she's talking to Dorothy about quitting she's like paper off you know smoke only after sex blah 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 that whole that whole bit but I was thinking like it does make sense that all of them would have smoked at one point because of the time they grew up and like just like the the way it was you know and I think like it's a real I think it's a relatively modern thing to for most people not to smoke cigarettes you know absolutely well I mean the Surgeon General's report was only in the 60s right yeah and even still you know took a little while to have a couple generations of truth campaign and all i don't believe that (laughs) 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 tobacco deniers (laughs) good lord yeah for real i'm sure it already exists whatever um well now we're vaping so we all undid it anyway (laughs) (laughs) uh i absolutely love going back to like the max is just who he is the like and you saved all those people from the shark oh my god that's goes, so don't great. look so worried i handle the books like oh yeah. it's awesome because it's funny it's funny because it's just like a great like you know max's has like a rose moment kind of thing but also because it shows how 
in love, you can really, you can make fun of the person you love in like a loving way or like absolutely like list their shortcomings. And I think for me, when I was little watching this episode, like a crack like that would have actually surprised me when I was like innocent enough to just be like, well, you never like do anything like that with like when you fall in love and like, you know, just like having some sort of recognition of like, yeah, he's not so slow. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's really, it's actually that kind of a cute. Yeah. yeah it's, I think cute it's like because actually she really sweet. Yeah, yeah, totally. And even like his delivery, he is kind of Rose actually in a lot of ways. Yeah. I think. Um, but he's so genuine and he's so sweet about it. And she too isn't like, I think the thing that is, one of the things that's nice about it is like she doesn't deliver a biting remark at him back whereas like if rose had said that you know right. she she might have but instead she just kind of like is like yeah like all right you know yes. he's not he's not the brightest ball but yeah but yeah you're totally right and i do think that that takes some like maturity or um i don't know like a deeper understanding of like what being in love is because it's not refusing to see like you're right like somebody's shortcomings are the things they're bad at it's like loving them because of those things you know and so I think that that's like a really nice sort of reflection of that yeah it's it's a really cute scene that really just reads mature like you said it's really interesting um so, so the whole you know kerfuffle with like Dorothy being like oh my god a cigarette please yell at me if you don't say anything I'll feel twice as bad she's like I know I'm not an amateur at this um where she like it's it's so wild because I was trying to decide whether I thought like there was enough gravitas in that scene for like Dorothy literally potentially lighting it on fire thankfully we soon learned that that was not the case but I was just like, it's just like plays really interesting to me that it's just like, oh my God, like your addiction caused this. Yeah. <laughs> Very truth.com. Like they should yes! have done that. Um, yeah. And it's so, it's such an interesting juxtaposition from a couple scenes back where they're all so excited and uh, like, they're so yeah. excited to have sold out, you know, they're like when they got, she got the yeah. water or whatever. And then it is, it's so it's crazy because it's so brief but like the guilt that she must have felt and like the you know I'll never smoke again type of like yeah the weight um yeah I agree it's a little like it's it's so tightly packed that it's hard to get that like level of massive guilt that she should have totally. um but I do want to call Blanche Blanche has these grandiose speeches sometimes and I I wrote my notes like I think I I wouldn't have recalled them as as like a pillar of the series as a pillar of her character even but they really are and they're it's a pattern. always yeah they're always so good from an, from ashes of phoenix will rise and rebuild it's, it's it reminded me of like kill the killers like there's so yes. many of those and like she's just so good at it you're right it's funny because that's not something you'd consider a hallmark of her character and yet despite all of the non-continuity in this series i feel like they are peppered in a perfect cadence throughout they don't come so often but like when they do they come at perfect moments and they really do like they feel just like blanche the character they don't feel off at all no i I really like perfect and southern and dramatic and leadership you know like all that kind of thing it's so fascinating but yeah yeah, that's really funny um so i want to you know there's a couple wrap-ups here at the end but i think (laughs) first i want to talk about 
No one comments on the fact, despite how much haranguing Dorothy gets about not getting dates, that the fire inspector is like, whoa, hitting on her. I know. I'd like to take you to dinner first so that we could play it by ear. Yeah. Business before pleasure. Holy shit. I know. She should go out with him. But like, you know, she's so wrecked with guilt and there's all these other things going on. I was like, Sophia, come on, get on this shit. You know, I know. setting her up with people that she doesn't want. Meanwhile, this guy's right here. Yeah. <laughs> He's absolving her of her supposed crime. <laughs> get on that. I know. I know. It's very like, it also, like, that's another device that's always used. When, when, um, what's his name? Mr. Policeman uh, in Mr. Totally. comes in and he's like, take me away. You know, like they always kind of. Exactly. That. Exactly. It's but not yeah, quite it as good sense. as, uh, when did you get in? But you know. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> nothing is. Um, but yeah, there's no follow up or even like response to that at all. It's just no. like it was a faulty coil. <laughs> okay. Totally. Okay. Bye. Moving on. We just, I, like I said, this, this episode so jam packed. We don't have time for that shit because we have to have our whole, you know, mature conversation at the end. I want to get it good with St. Peter. I don't want his job. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's like a very like okay, we gotta go. We gotta wrap this up. <laughs> totally. Nick. But I do I do love like we mentioned before the maturity angle is amazing, and I also love that they're just they're still the two of them are still so horny even after just like reminiscing about like the true loves of their lives. I know. <laughs> like remembering, it. they're just like, well, we still could have sex every now and again, right? <laughs> Made up for you know, <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know. Oh, um, I also love when Sophia's like, "Are you in love with me?" And Max is like, "What is this, the Oprah Winfrey show?" You yeah, know? it's like so. It's such a um a picture of the time of like how yeah. society felt about anything related to like you know deep emotional conversations, but also yeah, exactly. Like, You're like, oh, it's the nth degree. Yeah, but it's so like I don't know. I think it's really. I do think the conclusion is really nice. And I think it's also like, you know, it's normally something I think I would think was pretty hokey when he's like, play it for the four of us. Oh, but I really like it. It really, yeah. it really gets me. Exactly. Like it, it, I almost totally undoes the, uh, the snarky comment previously <laughs> almost, <laughs> to the four yeah. sex one player. <laughs> right. Yeah. I know. It's like this guy, <laughs> this poor guy. I know. Seriously. Um, Hey, he knows he's good for money. So whatever. Right. True. Butterscotch and, a dollar <laughs> but a scotch yeah yeah and like it's just it is sweet and it's really nice that they have this like attachment to the past and to each other and also to like you know the way their lives used to be and and yeah. they decide that they want to continue on in their current lives which is also really nice which again like we keep bringing this up but max has never lived in brooklyn without esther so maybe he should see what it's like you know to like you know his literal <laughs> grandchildren are there like it's yeah. it's fine they'll take care of you what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's like a it's 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 mature all around and i just i think it's just such a lovely um it's a lovely testament to the life that sophia has built now you know of just like really it's going to be best for me to you know it's like they don't actually outright say it in this one but like stay with the girls you know <laughs> totally i think that makes the most sense so it yeah. is really nice and it's like you know we're in this we're in the new era we're in like so deep we're almost getting to your you know your favorite season i know <laughs> so i know excited. i said it i said it i put it on public record yes <laughs> um one other thing i want to just mention is like the the i actually just thought of it but like the guilt that dorothy feels and will never smoke again is yeah. a direct parallel to sal gambling away the money and never gambling again you know so it's like they both have to do these like incredibly destructive things to the same business 
to yes, rid themselves to of the their addiction. Same business. I never even thought about yeah. that. Oh my god, <laughs> the and cycle Jesus. continues. <laughs> oh my lord, yeah, it's really, it's really interesting, and it's actually, I mean, you know, it's addictive behavior. Like mm-hmm. it actually all checks out. It's really, it's really fascinating. <laughs> Keep my carrying off the boardwalk. The, yeah, <laughs> the legacy. Oh my god. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Um, all right, cool. Is that it? Yeah, let's hit the next one's a real upper. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, join us next time. We're going to discuss potentially flying on the Concorde, Michael J. Fox, and getting almost $2,000 a piece. <laughs> Take care, everybody. <laughs>